At Firefly Willows L-I-V-E, we're working hard to be your trusted source for fun, enlightening, and heart-centered information and community. And we're passionate about the art of transformative media, the new leading edge of communication in our highly connected, media-rich world. If you're passionate about facilitating change and you have gifts or ideas you'd like to share, come join us. Host a show or be a guest or connect us to an amazing speaker or teacher whose message is too good to miss. There's always room for courageous, knowledgeable changemakers, inspired artists, and new ideas. Let us know you're interested. Send an email to info at fireflywillows.com. We're Firefly Willows L-I-V-E, helping you find and shine your inner light. Welcome, everybody. This is Mildred Lynn McDonald, and I'm your host for today's Roundtable. We're really happy that everybody could join us, and we're feeling pumped about our topic, which is integrity. Before we start, I'd like to welcome two people to the table that are going to help me explore the energy of integrity. Hi, C. Luttimers in Menlo Park. Hello, hello. And Fred Isom from St. Louis. Hello, everyone. In the realm of mind, body, spirit, people are often talking about being in integrity with this and being in integrity with that. And it came to me, what does integrity, what does being in integrity really mean? So I'd like to invite Heisey and Fred to explore three questions with me. And I'll share the three questions and then we can take them one by one and maybe have some fun with them. What does being in integrity mean to you? And when I say that, how does it show up in your life? The second question is, how do you know if you're in integrity? Does life look different? And the third question is, how does it feel to be in integrity as you walk through life? So let's go back to question number one. What does being in integrity mean to you? How does it show up in your life? Anybody like to tackle that one? Well, for me, this is high C. For me, being in integrity means having that inner sense of knowing what is right for me and staying in accordance with that rather than compromising that or going against what I may know or feel to be right. It's also about not projecting onto someone else what they should be doing or how they should be acting or how they should be thinking. But simply, integrity for me is that I am staying true to myself, not trying to coerce, force, or expect someone else to be exactly the way that I am. And what about you, Fred? Oh, hi, C. You have such an excellent answer. I'm going to have to dig deep on this one. Echoing hi C's sentiments about just always acting from a sense of truth, a sense of purpose, a sense of higher self, something that I often coach my clients with is that whenever you are, when you're pondering something, when you look within yourself and your decision-making process, what makes you feel a dense lower energy And then in your choices that you're making, what helps you feel a higher, lighter, more resonant energy? And when you feel that higher, resonant energy, I think that's where we find those moments of acting from integrity. This is what feels right. This is what is going to lead me further down my path. This is the action. This is the step I should take. I think integrity helps us form those choices. And to build on what you're saying, Fred, and also what Hi-C had shared, when I'm looking at being in integrity, I envision myself, my body, everything kind of on the physical plane as being a tuning fork or a compass. And when I'm in integrity or when I'm being in integrity, I feel that my actions and thoughts and breathing, everything about me is in alignment with that tuning fork. And I find if I work on that visualization, even in the morning or the evening, it helps center me throughout the day. So that's what being in integrity means to me, and that's how it shows up in my life. Now, the second question is, how do you know if you're in integrity? 
does life look different from the vantage point of being in integrity? I think it looks different because when you're operating from integrity, you don't look at the world in terms of identifying the enemy or identifying who to blame. You also don't look at the world as seeing yourself as a victim moving in the world because you know that if you're doing the best you can and staying true to yourself, I think true integrity also means that you look at everyone else as also either doing the same or having the capacity to do the same. Therefore, you're not looking at it as some sort of a competition, challenge, battle, or something like that, but you're simply seeing it as we're all in this together, and I'm going to do the best I can and do what is right for me, and I will support you and encourage you in staying true to yourself, even if that is different from me, with the only caveat there being and if it doesn't cause harm to someone else non-consensually. So there was an article that you had referenced for this, Mildred, that was, it was an interesting thought to think that even someone we might think of as evil or a sociopath or something like that can still be seen as living in integrity if they are staying true to themselves. And while that is true, and I can understand that I wouldn't necessarily support and encourage someone to remain in that integrity in themselves if they were out, say, as a serial killer, but they thought they were doing the right thing by ridding the world of something evil. But I do think that you look at the world differently because you see everyone as having the capacity and the opportunity and you are allowing for them to be different than you because what's right for them may not be right for you, but that doesn't make it wrong for either of you. And therefore, you look at the world in that way of support, encouragement, compassion, and allowing other people to be who they are rather than needing them and the world to be the way that you think it should be or want them to come around to your way of being. I agree when you said hi, C, about the being in integrity, even if it's not a good thing. And when I was preparing for a round table, I looked at the definition of integrity. And integrity can be being in alignment with. So unfortunately, if you use that definition, it could be in alignment with something that's life-supporting or in alignment with something that's not life-supporting. So I took a double take when I read that article myself. I find with integrity... I know I'm in integrity if I'm in a neutral spot, if there's no charge with whatever's going on or what decision or observation I'm making, and I'm in the spot where I'm saying, well, that's interesting, or as I said before, I'm feeling neutral and expansive. So that's my knowing part. How about you, Fred? Goodness, both of you gave very good answers. I'm trying to figure out something to add to the conversation now. Something that has been touched on that I think I'm going to explore just a little bit deeper here is what C had just mentioned, and you expanded on it a little bit, is whenever you are living in your own moment of truth and understanding that other people have different truths. And I think there's a very fine line with acting with integrity whenever you're having a discussion with someone who doesn't share your truth we see this so often, the difference between healthy debate about something and then just literal smear tactics and fighting and arguing, the ability to allow and let someone else live in their truth with honesty rather than always having to persuade someone to your side. You always have to agree with me because I'm always right. There's a difference between acting from being in integrity yourself with your own truth and then allowing ego to slip in and try to convince everyone that you have the right agenda or the right idea or the right path, the right plan. I think there's a very fine line in there with integrity. I wanted to throw out before we go to the third question, do you find yourself in your normal day using the word integrity a lot just as part of your verbiage? I know I use it all the time. <laughs> 
And I'm just wondering about Hi-C and Fred. I don't find myself using that word so much, although I do often use the word authentic, like living authentically or being authentic, which I think there is a very, very close relationship, if not the same thing, but I think that that's a very, very close thing. But I don't necessarily use the word integrity very much. But I also think integrity is something that is, it's a very, it's not rare, but it's that sense of it's a very kind of fine, precious quality. And so it's like not every stone that we see is a diamond. And diamonds have that preciousness to them. And I think integrity is kind of like that, that it's something that is a little more precious. So for me, using it on a daily basis or something like that almost would devalue it because it would take away the sense of it's something that we do have to strive for or be conscientious of or cultivate in ourselves versus it's something that's just always there and it's easy and, you know, well, we just go about being in integrity every day all the time rather than it having to be something we really are aware in ourselves of maintaining and being in. What about you, Fred? Do you use the word or verbiage including integrity with your clients a lot, or do you speak a different way? Sometimes integrity comes up. What I tend to use, tend to use the phrasing higher self or inner truth or inner knowing and acting honestly from those things. And I feel that whenever I say the word integrity, and those other things, I get the same feeling of vibration within myself. So I feel like those words tend to carry the same weight, at least for me. I think it's always important to remember that different words can carry the same weight. It's just a matter of what word you identify when you use it. I certainly do use the word integrity from time to time. It's just not necessarily one that I always use. And for our last question, the touchy-feely questions, the ones that I always love, the ones that connect with your body, how does it feel to be in integrity as we walk through life? And don't get me started because I'll go on and on, so I'll let you guys go first. (laughs) Well, I think something that Fred had referred to or, or said earlier when he talked about like a denser energy and a lighter energy. And I think that that's one of the ways that we can feel when we're integrity is if we are and we're operating from that place, then there is a sense of lightness and there is a sense of calm, I guess, or or maybe serenity because we are okay with, we're at ease or at peace with. And I can give an example, and this is a scoop for your show, Mildred. (laughs) last night I was in a car accident. And so for me, being in integrity was not about jumping out of the car and immediately trying to point a finger, figure out who was to blame, who was at fault, etc. I will say the other person seemed to be a bit like that, where they immediately jumped out of the car and were right there at the window like, what are you doing? This is all your fault. And wanted me to sign something saying it was all my fault so that he didn't have to pay his insurance and all sorts of stuff. And for me... I stayed perfectly calm, and I think it's because when you stay in integrity, it says, I'm not trying to place blame. I actually was more about, let's just both talk to the insurance companies and allow them to do what they do, rather than trying to find who's at blame so we can immediately know which insurance company to call and which not to. So staying in that place not only meant that I didn't feel the anger, the agitation, the fear, the upset that you often will see when someone is in that kind of a situation and immediately starts to then lash out as a result. But I think it also helps to at least influence the other person to not get more worked up than they already are. So for me, feeling in integrity means that I'm feeling at ease or at peace or serenity within myself. And I'm not feeling that need for somebody else to be a certain way. But it also means I feel as if I'm contributing to keeping everyone else in their own place of integrity and calmness rather than trying to be one who is stirring something up or inciting something or exacerbating something that doesn't need to be. All right. I'm glad you're still with us. Thanks for being an integrity. Well, I contacted a medium, and I'm speaking to you from beyond. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Fred, 
how about you? How does it feel to be an integrity as you walk through life? How does it feel to be an integrity as I go through life? I find that there are, there are actually two times for me. Being the Libra that I am, I constantly in a thought process of how does this feel when I think about it? It's not just all thought process. It's actually bringing it into myself. And when I've, I actually say this backwards, when I've made a choice and I am acting upon a choice that I have made, it is what feel is the lighter choice that's, that's been spoken about, that's been referenced to already. There's also the moment of how does one arrive to that choice when you're actually looking at your options. And the way that I feel my way through that is whenever I'm looking at something, whenever I'm faced with multiple options, I often weigh, I often use the pendulum weight with what's the right thing to do, what's the easy thing to do. And whenever I think and act with Whenever I make a choice with my higher, go channeling into my higher self for what's right, typically speaking, that higher sense of self will start resonating. I could do something that's easy, something that I've always done before, and I've had reasonable results with it, but does that necessarily mean that it's the right thing to do in that moment? So I examine the difference between what's right and what's easy. Fred, I tend to go for the right and easy. <laughs> I'm just teasing, just teasing. <laughs> I don't see them as mutually exclusive all the time. Anyway, <laughs> in terms of how I feel when I'm in integrity, the word that comes through for me is I feel strong. The second undercurrent word is feeling centered. And I think it relates back to what you're talking about, what's life-supporting, what's not life-supporting, what energy makes you feel stronger, what energy makes you feel weaker. Sure. That's kind of where I go with the integrity vibration. We're out of time right now. And before we move to the next segment of the show, I want to review the questions with our listeners because we're going to invite you to sit down with a nice cup of tea or coffee or other beverage sometime this week or maybe even now and look at how integrity shows up in your life. Here are the questions. Number one. What does being an integrity mean to you, and how does it show up in your life? Number two, how do you know if you are an integrity? Does life look different? Number three, how does it feel to be an integrity as we walk through life with the emphasis on the feelings? And you may even like to go into your body for that. So that should keep everybody busy for a little while. And before we go, I'd like to thank Hi-C and thank Fred for being wonderful co-hosts for our roundtable. Thank you for having me once again, Mildred. Thank you, Mildred. It was a pleasure. I just loved working with you guys. And stay tuned for the next segment of the show where we'll be talking to a wonderful energy worker from New Zealand. Her name is Trilby Johnson, and she's going to be talking about her perspective, her special slant on energy work, and she has a great sense of humor and wonderful laughter. And to reference the article that we spoke about a little bit earlier about integrity, it's from the blog Think Different, A Beginner's Guide to Personal Integrity. Stay tuned. Well, that's our roundtable for this week. Many thanks to Mildred Lynn McDonald and participants Deb and John Carousella and Heisey Lutmers. We hope you found this roundtable discussion engaging and thought-provoking. If you would like to join the conversation, visit facebook.com slash fireflywillows and add your comment under this week's roundtable post. And we're back. This is Mildred Lynn McDonald, and I'm your host for Healing Conversations. Thank you for joining us today. Trilby D. Johnson is an author, body-brain reformer, speaker, and channel for the connective embodiment. Trilby has lived in South Africa, Germany, Switzerland, and New Zealand. She spent over two decades in a multinational corporate environment while obtaining a Bachelor of Science Honors degree in Psychology and a Master Practitioner in Neuro-Linguistic Programming. 
She's trained as a Reiki teacher, meta-coach, and massage therapist. With a passion for advanced body thought transformation techniques that create instant and lasting change in her own and other people's lives and bodies. Today, she lives in New Zealand, where she loves mentoring, writing, teaching, gardening, thriving, and living joyfully. Her first book was called Aha! Insight, Inspiration, Question. And guess what? Trilby has a new book in the works. It's called Alone with Grace. Trilby's website is www.trilbyjohnsontheconnective.com. So without further ado, let's welcome Trilby to the show today. How is my connection? Your connection's great. I can hear you wonderfully. How can you hear me? You sound like you're on the other end of the table with me. You were going to say I sound like I'm on the other end of the world, but the end of the table, that's awesome. (laughs) Trilby, thank you very much for making yourself available to be on the show today, and I'd love to dive right in there. You're such an interesting person, and you have a unique slant on energy work. What really intrigues me is your background. What I'd like to ask you is, how did you come to discover this soul purpose work, and how did your background help you with that? Well, Mildred, first of all, thank you very much. I've had a conversation before, and it's just so wonderful to reconnect. So thank you very much for the time and sharing me with your listeners. As you said, I was born in South Africa, and this was during the apartheid era. So a time of conscious of what was going on, there was all this struggle and persecution going on. At a very early age, I was just so aware of how people struggle. And I kind of thought, there's got to be more to life than this. Driving force throughout has always told me that we're here to live phenomenal lives. And I suppose everything I do and ask for, explore that. It's to really live my soul's purpose. So that's fueled everything. I mean, I used to drive everyone nuts when I was young because I would always ask questions, you know, and of course adults don't respond very well to, to kids' questions. But it was really from a genuine sense of curiosity. I am very curious and it's it's a great quality because it's kept driving me. I want to know it's and I completed college, oh, there's got to be more to it than this. I thought this is just the tip of the iceberg that touch on what's underneath. And, of course, that led to me exploring energy work. And it comes for me. I've always had a very strong cognitive drive, which is, you know, the, the mind one to know and understand and yet I had this very natural empathic ability which we all have I believe but I just didn't know what to do with it I felt totally overwhelmed myself because of course I was picking up on everybody else's stuff I just did not know how to handle it so (laughs) that's the latest term I'm an introvert and I'm very introspective And so I looked around me and thought, oh, well, there must be something wrong with me because everybody else (laughs) seems to be coping, which was because of the journey of really deep introspection and a lot of personal struggle and, of course, really being able to see how the world reflects back to me, (laughs) exactly what it is I'm fighting so it's magical. It's it's a journey. It's an adventure. Very tough times. And it surprised me because out of all that, I still know <laughs> and put into action that life is meant to be phenomenal and filled with joy. So, yeah, that's kind of what drives me. And I I really do know that everything is within us. 
and that's kind of inspired my work. Roundtable topic was integrity because that's one of my personal values. And so I operate very strongly from that as a sense of accountability. And I'd probably say my big word is individualism. Because for me, it doesn't matter. I think everybody is here to express something unique. If we can honor that in each of us, to express that more, then, then we can work through these denser energies. I really enjoyed listening to you explain your background. And I chuckled to myself as I was listening because when I went inside and listened to my inner voice, the message that I kept getting, no matter what angle I approached it from, was we're here to experience the joy of being alive. And you talked about joy. Yeah. I went to your website. You have a great website. And what caught my attention is this line. And I wanted to talk to you about this. What you said is you love collaborating with people and their bodies and facilitating them in achieving, maintaining, and honing their own empowered authenticity. Now, when I read that, I went, whoa, these are big words, and these big words hold a lot of energy. So can you <laughs> share with us <laughs> what this means and Sometimes it helps to give a little example. Okay, so I'm just trying to gather my thoughts here. It took me a long time to realize the gift that our bodies are. I used to hate my body, like many, many women. I do not fit the mold or <laughs> whatever that is. And I was bullied and my whole life it's been pointed out that I was physically different and didn't fit the norm. And this created immense suffering within me. I remember sitting in the bus one day and I was in a really dark space and my soul spoke to me and much in words, but it was that moment of illumination where it was like, aha, <laughs> yes. I realized that despite it going through, my body was carrying out all these functions for me that were totally out of my country alive. I used to have very bad migraines, tension headaches. And at the time I was so cut off from my emotions. I was curious. I thought, oh, well, what's this thing massage? And I thought, well, I'll go have a go. And it's one of those things where soul leads you to exactly what you need. And like after three, four months, I noticed I was often, and I thought, wow, that's interesting. I mean, I was 20, 21, a bit younger than now. <laughs> I started to become aware of the connection. So this led me further the inquiry path. Our bodies, I believe, have consciousnesses of their own and we have contracts. So the body brings in its own information, which it's giving to us all the time. Our bodies operate telepathically. So they have direct access to the psyche or the collective consciousness. So for me, it was making empathic ability physical. And I started to really just tune in to how that was showing up to me. When I got to the point where I was doing massage therapy, I really became aware how connected people were from their bodies and also from my own experience. I just love bodies. One of my talents is I have this ability to really connect to a person's body and open up the space so the body can release what it needs to. So if people are suffering and they're feeling pain, I know Louise Hay has done a lot of work and Carolyn Miss has done a lot of work in terms of relating the body discomfort or dis-ease with a specific emotion or maybe a negative thought pattern. When you're using your intuitive gift, does that come through for you? We are all unique, totally. 
we all are totally unique. Our souls have to express totally something unique. And, and there's a vibrational tone that we each have. And to honor that, what I do is really train myself to constantly ask my body, is that okay with you? Or what shall we eat? Or what do you want to eat? Like if you have a food craving, for example, you kind of think, you know, oh yeah, I'd like some of that. Body, what do you like? I actually got a totally different answer. So the expression that our bodies desire are not always what we think because the beliefs that we have, mental concepts, we've been trained in being developed for centuries to think in a certain way. And I think that what's happening at this period in time is with the new influx of energy is that we now have the ability to break that white admire Louise Hayes' work very much. She played a huge role in my life. And she's one of my mentors, and I highly recommend her for anybody who's starting out. Because it's an individual story, I mean, nobody is the same as you, and no one's the same as me. So we need to embrace our sovereignty and say right so what works for me and that's a lot of the work i do so it's what i call the body brain reform i think it was deepak chopra that reckoned we think about thirty thousand thoughts a day because every thought we think it, it is a training everything's a training but we haven't been encouraged to think far from it i mean talking about being led away i think to a large extent from our integrity. And there's a huge amount of brainwashing going on. So if you're not connecting to your inner sense of integrity, you said, am I in my integrity? And then working out. Myself with the clients, I just enter, <laughs> I just enter, I enter a space, just happens and I just get this, information you know some people see colors and that i just get a sense of information and i know know thyself because when you know yourself you have that strength and it's mm. it is it's a it's a journey definitely when you're in that dark space and you don't know how to get out you through and some people call it faith i've been beyond faith <laughs> is also what is faith it could be just a distractor implant it's something we've been taught to believe in but when you really start to ask <laughs> what is faith it means something different to all of us you know and so many of us perpetuate this disconnection by putting the divine outside of us Somewhere on your website, you said, and this stuck with me, it's good to challenge our beliefs, even the good ones. So I've heard before about challenging beliefs, and I know Debbie Ford has done, the author Debbie Ford has done a lot of work in the shadow process and things like that. So that's my frame of reference in terms of challenging our beliefs. I wanted to ask you about your thoughts behind challenging even the good ones how much of our beliefs are really our own you're asking is this true for me which most people never even think of you know they're very trusting in a very misguided way we've been misled to believe that people with authority can be trusted and i think that's what's playing itself out now is that's not true and then you have people who don't have authority who who are living out their integrity. So again, it's the mind doesn't know the difference between a thought. So those of you who've done meditation, kind of like, oh yeah, I'll have that one, please. It's starts to create a neural pathway, otherwise known as habits. So it's like, do you want to live a phenomenal life or do you want to live the status quo? So that's why I say challenge. It's just checking in. 
it's like, oh yeah, such a day. Yeah, I still like to be, that belief still serves me. So what I'm really getting is that your body is giving you messages every day. So you need to trust and honor your body. It sounds like it's a tuning fork, your most important tool that we have as we walk the earth right now. So as I'm sitting here, I'm wondering, mm. can you give some examples of the type of messages that our bodies give us every day? What would be some examples? And, 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 <laughs> why don't we listen? Why don't we listen to what our bodies, our best friend is telling us? I think it's just an experience. It's not to sound blasé, but that seems to be still the way we need to learn. And we have not been encouraged to listen to our bodies. We've actually been taught to be afraid of sexuality. Sexual energy is energy coming through your body. And it has actually very little to do with sex, the sexual act. But people have confused it. That, but we are, well, I feel we're essential beings. Imagine eating an orange and that pulp just explodes in your mouth. I mean, wow. <laughs> Unfortunate. A lot of people only start to take notes of their body when it's breaking down. The stress. That's when the body just says, look, you know, you're kind of not keeping the part of our agreements or I'm not able to get to you. In Western society, we have three meals a day. How many of us just sit down because it's lunchtime or dinner time, but we're not even hungry? And if you're an empath, what are the chances that you may be eating for other people? If you're not checking in with yourself, am I really hungry? How do you know? So it's just people have been trained. You know, you have three meals a day and this is what you should be eating. Are you asking your body? Our body knows. And why? Why are people not listening? Well, because first we haven't been encouraged to. And... People don't know how. It's like people say, oh, yeah, I felt like this. And that's why I love the question. It's like, is this really what I feel like? We've been trained as well academically that if you ask a question, there's got to be an answer. Now, I love that song, There Are More Questions Than Answers, because I, I really think that it brings up an energy. It's the energy between that split second choosing the association that you're going to make to what you're feeling. If you can slow it down where you can hear. And I think most of us, we've been distracted totally. Make the connections that count. And I think that's what practices like yoga and meditation and being in nature encourage. Trilby, Body brain reform. This is a term I believe that yes. you coined. Yeah, body brain reform. What is it and why is it so important? I was thinking, what is it I actually do? And so because I love bodies and I just know how eager they are and all that they do for us, I really would like to show how to connect and when you start to ask questions and you open up the energy, then you can actually start to rewire your brain. So neuroplasticity speaks of this. Our brain is adaptable totally. So it's about the energy statement and process, which I work with my clients, where we just release the energy. So it opens up the energy and when the body and your brain is in alignment, then you're integrity <laughs> and you function. is joy and grace. It does make a huge difference though. And it is a reformation. It's starting to change, choose differently. So it's a process bypasses the memory. For that, we need our body. 
yes, we are spiritual beings having a physical experience. Our vehicle is our body. It's our tuning fork, as you said. It's our antenna. And now what's happening is more and more people with the new energy are becoming aware that we do have more than the five senses. It was ESP before and things like that. I think people's skills and tools to make that connection, to start becoming aware of their beliefs and then choosing. Do I want to keep this belief or not? Or what would you like to replace it with? I wanted to step into vibrational integration and the significance of the words or the energy vibrations that culminate in words, illuminate, simplify, and align. Illuminate, simplify, and align. Um, well, yes, that's, that's the, the way I found it worked. So illuminate is to do about the awareness. And the awareness in itself can be enough to create a shift. I believe life's meant to be simple. I think we've complicated life. When you ask a question, am I hungry now? I get a yes or a no. Very simple. So, okay, well, okay, I'll eat later. And that's vibrational integration. <laughs> Maybe that's oversimplified. But that's what I feel the technique is doing. It's vibrationally integrating people, release and absorb and take ownership for all of us. Simplify. Does this work for me? Does this not work for me? And then aligning with that. So it's being in integrity. <laughs> I love that integrity. Yeah, and it's about being accountable for what shows up and making people, well, helping them to see the connection between themselves, what's information, life. So it's all linked. And it was really interesting because vibrational integration came to me because I, I do sit down and I say, well, what is it that I really do? How can I explain this to people? Trilby, what we're going to do right now is we're going to take a little break and we're going to listen to a beautiful song called Echoes. It's by a Nova Scotia musician. Her name is Winnie Chafe and her daughter is accompanying her on the piano. And it'll be about a two-minute break. Mm. And when we come back, what I'd love to talk to you about is all this work you do. I'm sitting here. It's a total shift, potentially, in how people view themselves and their lives. So when you're shifting to that extent, even if it's a beautiful, wonderful shift, there could be triggers or fears or negative self-talk that might start bubbling up to the surface. So if you'd be kind enough, and I know you've worked with a lot of people, after we listen to our beautiful music, the vibrations of our beautiful music, maybe you can talk a little bit about that. Thank you. Join Mildred Lynn McDonald for a fascinating tour of the mind-body-spirit connection. Enjoy nourishing conversations, thought-provoking guests, personal growth tools, compassionate guidance, practical tips, plus a generous sprinkling of East Coast humor and warmth. 
You'll also love our popular roundtable discussions featuring Deb Carousella, Heisey Lutmers, John Carousella, and Mildred Lynn. Airs the first Sunday of the month at 10.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. For more information, please go to HealingConversationsWithMildredLynn.com. And we're back. This is Mildred Lynn McDonald, and I'm your host for Healing Conversations. And we are here today with Trilby D. Johnson. What does the D stand for, Trilby? <laughs> Divide. <laughs> Divine. Trilby Divine Johnson. That's good enough for me. <laughs> Before we went on our, on our little break, we wanted to explore a bit about how people feel when they start considering the concepts that are presented in Trilby's work for their consideration and how it might trigger fears or negative talk or things like that emotions could rise to the surface and I guess thoughts could also rise to the surface. So Trilby, what have you discovered while working with people? Yeah, absolutely. It's when you declare something to the universe, it will show you everything and not that. That is where, Mulder, I do basically the body energy work because I just find that it helps the cellular memory from the person's body and the body may get to the source, address the source. And by that, I mean, go to the point uh, at which that energetic vibration was there with energy work. And that just eases them through that. The techniques, however, that I'm also sharing with them are very active, present, practical tools as most of us have empathic abilities, which we're, we're not always conscious of. The first thing, like for example, I would teach people is to ask signs. I think the struggle comes from the resistance. I always ask the person what they would like to replace it with. I think with BMT, they're scared of feeling overwhelm as well so it's like really starting to teach them that it's honoring what's there and it truly is about loving what's there that's without judgment and not trying to change what's there it's releasing that and I suppose going to a place of where you do trust yourself well, the next question I wanted to ask was about connective embodiment. And I hadn't heard this term before, Trilby, until I read it on your website. So how does it work in your experience? What is it? And is this another term that you very creatively came up with? Years, Mildred, I'm asking. I knew there was something within me that was waiting to come out. I thought it was a thing that I wanted. I kind of got tired of regurgitating stuff from other people just felt it was incomplete connective embodiment it's a new consciousness that is now available and I have the honor to share this with people in an energetic upload it's an activation tool for our physical bodies and the physical body includes of course all our energy bodies it's about the vibrational integration. So it all kinds of marries together. But it's an activation tool. Once a person, when they have the upload, things just show up easier. So it's not that bad things no longer happen, but life does become easier. You said earlier you like easier. I do too. I think life's meant to be much simpler. So my understanding of the connective embodiment is our higher self, so that that channel is very, very clear. I think of it often for people who are in computer stuff, it's like your operating system. And basically without it, your computer wouldn't work. So whilst people can still live without connective embodiment, it's once you have this plug-in, this release of 
the emotional bodies and bring in that higher information through and that we can actually access what's in the subconscious in a way that it moving from struggle or into to thrive in. I think it's wonderful tool. Life is not meant to be a struggle. I used to think that it was and you just had to kind of get by my book and I'd love to read it because I think it captures the essence. I am a particle of light, resi or quite in the same way as I. I capture information in a unique and particular way and through my authenticity express this from within to the without. I am here to bring into consciousness a specific type and being of embodiment here on this physical plane. I am the energy of connective embodiment. That's from my book. I wanted to share that in my book. So with your book, Aha! Insight, Inspiration, Question, I wanted to find out why did you write it and what needs you're filling. I love the name, by the way. I do spontaneous writing, Mildred, and what I found was to have a book to take many of those inspirational writings and put them in a book form. Again, question your beliefs, you know. And this book is about ideas that have come to me, reflections, questions, a bit like tarot cards, and flip it open when you're looking for guidance. I use it often, and I'm surprised. It's like, wow, did I say that? <laughs> it's so cool. Ideas. An invitation to people to begin to think differently. It's about opening up that little possibility. So, Trilby, my other question is, and we all have this, we all have people and sources of inspiration that have helped us along our way. I love this question. Who are your mentors and what are your sources of inspiration? Mentors um, and my sources of inspiration, global scale, Joseph Campbell, I love his work. Louise Hay, Eddie, she's changed so many lives. Was very wary of channels <laughs> because I had had not good experiences with were out of their integrity and was more question control. But introducing me to Abraham Hicks's work and it was just so awesome because I finally started to have confirmation. I love Osho's work. There's often that question if you'd like to sit down with someone's work. I just think he has such insights. And then the Seth materials, Jane Roberts helped me shift so, so much. Every year I was actually contemplating suicide. Reading those books really, really helped me. So I've been in dark places. I know <laughs> I'm very fortunate to have a few people in my life that can talk to, to be me and where we each other up. To those friends of mine, you know who you are. I'm really grateful. Thank you. I'm finished. You're finished. You know what I really what I really like about your list of mentors and sources of inspiration is that you're basically giving people benchmarks that they can use because if they really like your message and you're talking about people who have influenced you or inspired you they will probably get some gems of wisdom and healing and inspiration from their work too so trilby how can people get a hold of you and i believe that you're writing a new book and i believe that you're offering a special gift today for your current book. So share all that information with us. It's Trilby Johnson, theconnective.com. Otherwise, I'm on Facebook. Yes, my book. I'd love to offer listeners 
a little special price. Now that doesn't include postage and I've given Mildred the link so and there's a coupon code. Yes and I'm busy working on an upcoming book which the plan is still to get it out in 2015. I'm finished. Okay. <laughs> okay. What I was doing is I was going into Facebook and I was looking for the link for you because I have that posted. I posted it this morning. So let's just share that with our listeners. The link that Trilby was referring to is on Create Space. And the website is www.createspace.com slash 4781-1967. The good news is if you go on my Facebook page or my LinkedIn page or the Firefly Willows page or Vitality link where we've all shared the information on the show this morning, you can easily access the link. And I suspect... I suspect that if none of those work for you, if you contact Trilby on her website, she'd be happy to share that information. So what we're going to do, we're going to listen to another little song called Both Sides of the Tweed for about a minute. And before we close, Trilby, I'd love for you to leave our listeners with some motivation or something to think about, some wisdom a good little closing thought that they can bundle up in their arms and carry with them throughout the day. How does that sound? That sounds awesome. All right. Well, I shall be back in a second for that inspiration. And I know it's going to be something creative. And in the meantime, we're listening to both sides of the tweet. Here we go. listening to Healing Conversations with host Mildred Lynn McDonald on Firefly Willows L-I-V-E. Find out more at fireflywillows.com. Enjoy the show. And we're back again. We're here with Trilby D. Johnson, Trilby Divine Johnson. And we've just finished a wonderful healing conversation together. I'm hoping Trilby will come back on the show once she launches her new book. But before we sign off for the day, Trilby, do you have any words of inspiration or wisdom, anything that's coming to the surface for you that we can take with us to either think about or give us a boost of energy during the day? Um, I'm just connecting here. Yeah. You find what brings you joy in your life and that you claim that. Oh, that very emotional. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're speaking from your heart, and that's just where it landed. I think that's wonderful. So, Trilby, thank you so much for being with us today. For our listeners, you can pass along this healing conversation in the form of a podcast to whomever you think might be interested. It's available in the blog talk radio archives it's also available on my website healing conversations with mildred lynn it's available on facebook or linkedin or vitality link and a few other social media spots thank you very very much i love your courage i love your honesty i love your creativity and i love your insights and your perspective you are truly a gem sitting there in New Zealand, which feels like you're sitting across the table with me. So thank you very, very much. 
Bye, Mildred. Thank you. Join Mildred Lynn McDonald for a fascinating tour of the mind-body-spirit connection. Enjoy nourishing conversations, thought-provoking guests, personal growth tools, compassionate guidance, practical tips, plus a generous sprinkling of East Coast humor and warmth. You'll also love our popular roundtable discussions featuring Deb Carousella, Heisey Lutmers, John Carousella, and Mildred Lynn. Airs the first Sunday of the month at 10.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. For more information, please go to HealingConversationsWithMildredLynn.com. This program was brought to you by Firefly Willows L-I-V-E. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please join us next time on Firefly Willows L-I-V-E for Revolution with Heisey Lutmers, Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. Thank you for joining us.